0: The Live with Squacky podcast is sponsored in part by Min Atlantic Voiceover and Antland Productions. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Live with Squacky. I'm your host, Val Kelly, otherwise known as Squacky Voice. On season one, episode one of Live with Squacky, I did an in-depth interview with actor, writer, director Tom DeNucci. At the time of that interview, the COVID-19 pandemic had just started. His movie, Voltage, just been released, and we had a great time talking about that as well as a variety of other topics. Now that we're in season two of the show, I thought it only fitting to do a follow-up with Tom to see what he's working on now and how he's been coping over the past few months during this crazy time. Welcome back to the show, Tom. It's always great to catch up with you.
1: Thank you for having me. It is so nice to be back almost a year later.
0: I know. Oh, my gosh. So the last time we talked, everything was shut down. We were all in quarantine and, well, actually things were pretty crazy. Although things are not exactly what we would define as normal yet, right? They are a little better than last time I talked to you. So how have you been over the past few months?
1: Things have been going well. Uh, Like you said, when we first started talking, there was a lot of uncertainty in the air. We weren't really sure (laughs) how long this was going to go. I mean, I remember maybe it was you and I chatting. We're like, ah, you know, it'll be a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, maybe a month or two, and then we'll be back. And we all know the end of that story. Uh, it didn't exactly work out as planned. But the nice thing is for us folks in the movie business, we kind of rebounded nicely. Obviously, COVID's a, a very serious issue. People in the movie industry have kind of got together and figured out, okay, well, you know, the show must go on. What's the safest way to still be putting out content and still be creating films and television? And let's face it, people need to watch stuff. I think that that's one thing that we've learned. About 2020. Having quality streaming content is very important. Make a little bit of a joke about that, but I'm kind of serious. I think that a big part of keeping any level of normalcy during this whole pandemic has been people having something to look forward to. And it may be as simple as, well, I'm looking forward to that new movie that's coming out, or I'm looking forward to, for me, I've been looking forward to The Mandalorian every week. So, you know, like having a show to look forward to that's coming out, that's a healthy thing. I think that's good for people. So we've been just learning how to adapt, been all about adapting the last few months.
0: I totally get that. Well, I watched the film Money Plane that you were in, and that was super fun. It must have been great to be on set with such a great cast. What were some of the highlights of working on that film for you?
1: Well, it's kind of funny because uh, we were actually on set back in December of 2019. I was literally just on set about almost you know a year and a week ago. So that movie was really fun. It came out really quickly. Richard Switzer is the producer on that one. His team over at Dawn's Light. Really put that thing together quickly and got it out to the market. And that was another example of just a really great movie that a lot of people had fun with during pandemic. You know, it became a little bit of a a viral thing. You know, there were a lot of Kelsey Grammer gifts and memes out there related to the movie. But if I could sum it up in one sentence, just to share the screen with Kelsey Grammer, who to me is a bit of a legend, it was something special and. A lot of times you get disappointed when you're an actor, you know, or a director where you're working in the movie business and you meet people that you kind of looked up to as a kid or you grew up watching and you meet them and they may not be as warm and fuzzy as you had hoped. But fortunately, Kelsey Grammer was as nice and approachable as can be funny, too. You know, we had a lot of laughs on set. I was only on that film for a very short period of time. Very memorable.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. He's kind of iconic, so that's really cool. I really enjoyed it. It was great. If you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. You said you've been working on some new projects lately. Can you tell us about
1: those? Absolutely. It's been a lot of time. 2020 has been all about filming when we can film and really just spending a lot of time in the editing room. It's been a lot of post-production because we can socially distance ourselves and do a lot of work in the editing room. So I've been working on a project I'm really excited about called Kelly which is a film, it's a documentary, true story, about a transgender boxing promoter named Kelly Maloney, who at one time managed the undisputed champion Lennox Lewis when she was representing as Frank Maloney. So it's the story of you had this transgender person who was really living in turmoil, struggling with this inner conflict, feeling these feelings of being a woman, wanting to be a woman, that strong desire, wanting to be a woman, wanting to live true to herself. But this was the 90s, different time period. People did not accept that lifestyle like they do today. And even today, it's, they're still struggling with acceptance. So you can imagine 20 years ago, it was very different. So to think that you had the manager of the heavyweight champion of the world in the most testosterone-fueled sport, professional boxing, everyone's a man's man, And that game. For her to be struggling with this conflict at that time, it's quite the story. And she battled through quite a bit of adversity and is now living a happy lifestyle. And all these years later, she's finally getting back into boxing. So it's a really wonderful story. I'm very passionate about it. I've been working really hard editing that. I'm co directing it with Rick Lazies. Producer Chad Verdi is on board. We are doing everything we can to just make this very special. And the goal is obviously, you know, it's a documentary right now, but my bread and butter is with feature films and telling narrative stories. So my goal, my dream, my hope is to take this story, the Kelly Maloney story and make it a feature film and make it something that maybe around you know 2022, we'll be seeing that on the big screen. And hopefully we can actually go to the damn movies by then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, that sounds really interesting. That sounds like a really interesting story. That's really cool. Anything else you want to tell us about?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I just directed my first COVID-era movie. I was in Reading, Pennsylvania, not too long ago, shot in the month of October. It was a real interesting experience. I worked with a company called Outhouse Productions. Robert and Oz are two really great producers up and coming in the Pennsylvania area, and uh, they hired me to do this project. And really cool story, it shares a lot of the kind of elements of films that I've worked with in the past. There's gangsters involved. There's a little bit of gunplay, a little bit of fight, and a little bit of edginess to it. But what I'm excited about, too, is there's also some comedy. You know, comedy is something that I wanted to tap into. And this film, it's called The Mick and the Trick. It's got plenty of that. So it was fun to tap into a little bit of a share some of the genre, you know, the, the mafia, the crime drama genre that I've been working with, but still incorporate a little bit of comedy to the mix. And, you know, that was just eye opening because this was my first COVID era movie. So obviously yeah. this is a SAG film. So this isn't like, you know, there's a lot of people, let's face it. People are going to break rules. It's inevitable in life when you have rules, people are going to break them. So there are a lot of people that have been still making movies during this time, unsanctioned, if you will, kind of just going out, taking a camera and doing what they can do. But this was a full blown Screen Actors Guild movie, which means we had to follow all of the practices and protocol, which, you know, I'm not going to go into the weeds too deep on this one, but just a couple of things to highlight. You know, you need to have a COVID advisor on set which means there's basically the COVID officer who every morning, everybody on set, whether you're an actor, whether you're an assistant, whether you're a PA, whatever you are, director, there's no exceptions. Everybody must check in in the morning, get a temperature check, fill out a questionnaire. And basically it's like in boxing. When you get hit, you look at the referee, they check your eyes. Like, okay, he's good. Let him in. They give you the quick check down. And in addition to that, I mean, that's the small part of it. The big part of it is the mandatory three, count them three COVID tests per week that you have to take. Oh, so wow. you can, yeah, you can imagine if you're shooting Monday through Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to get a little bit of a nose violation, but you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, this is my little PSA to anybody who hasn't had a COVID test. Don't be afraid. It's really not that big of a deal, man. I mean, we all pick our nose, right? It's like a violent <laughs> nose picking for oh, 30 geez. seconds. I mean, <laughs> it ain't that bad. I hate needles personally, So I'm like, you can shove anything up my nose, as long as you're not jabbing me with a needle, there's no (laughs) blood that needs to be drawn, I'm fine with it. It's not so bad. And you really do get used to it after the first couple. It is what it is. And you know what, you got to do other things too. You know, it's funny when you're when you're working with actors, obviously, everyone has to have a mask on with the exception of the actors that are on camera. But, you know, you can't help it. Making movies is an exciting art form. It requires a lot of communication. When you communicate with a bunch of people, what when do you do? When you're in a room full of a bunch of people, what do you normally do when you got to say something, something? You might bring them in close. You got to whisper. You want to say something, you know. With acting, a lot of times, some actors get offended when you shout out directions to them from across the room like they're some kind of puppet. And you yeah, want to yeah. be respectable. So you, you want to walk up to them and you say, hey, you know, yeah, I love what you did there, but could you maybe do it a little... You can't have those little tiny conversations <laughs> in a COVID world. Cause you're not even supposed to be six feet away from, you're you not even supposed to be within that close proximity. Yeah. So that's kind of a challenge, you know, having those like intimate conversations with your five inch voice, but from like five, six feet away, it's hard. you got to do a lot of working with the eyes right? to, all the, <laughs> to all the eyes. And that is a weird thing too. I think that you probably found this too. Like we don't realize how much a simple smile can soften an edgy direction. They can't tell that you're smiling. So it's like, you really got to be clear to someone that I'm not mad at you right now. I'm smiling under this thing. You can't see it, <laughs> but uh, it's a challenge, but we still get it done. We made the movie and thank God we shot for three weeks and nobody got sick. There were no positive COVID tests. I got one scare where you know, the lady told me, we'll only call you if you're positive for COVID. I said, okay, great. You know, otherwise you get an email. And then like, I look, I see my phone. I'm like, what is this Pennsylvania number? Like, hi, this is the clinic with your COVID uh, information. I'm like, yes. Oh No, you're negative. I'm like, oh, well, thanks for giving me a heart attack along with that. (laughs) But anyway, we made it through. And is it an added challenge? Absolutely. If I could give any advice to any filmmakers out there looking to make a COVID movie, just anticipate that whatever you thought your movie was going to cost Jack it up about 20%. It does add a good chunk of change to the movie. And it's not just because, oh, well, you got to pay for the COVID test. Oh, you got to do, you know, it's not about that. It's about the amount of time that all those COVID protocols, they slow you down. Because when you can't have X amount of people in a room, it's like, well, less people moving equipment and there's less people that the machine isn't as big. So it can't quite function as well as it normally does. So what would take you maybe five days to shoot might now take seven or eight days to shoot. And time is money. We all know that, right? So right. it's definitely a thing, but it's doable.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's really interesting stuff. All the different protocols that are in place and everything like that. And I'm sure it definitely, like you said, adds some different challenges to it. But that's so interesting because I know a lot of people are trying to create their own content right now. And it's. I feel like it's never been more so uh, a world of create your own content than it is right now. So, I mean, obviously, they're professional filmmakers like you. You really have some great advice to offer for people that are just trying to get their foot in the door. That's
1: great. You uh, made a good point there. It is starting to change the creative, meaning, I hate to use this term, but Hollywood, quote unquote, is looking for more scripts that don't require a great deal of people. You know, they're not looking for something that has a hundred actors in it. They're looking for, you know, if you could write a story right now about a person in their house that maybe interacts with a couple other people, keep everything down and small and keep the footprint of the story, so to speak. Within reason, those are the kind of screenplays that are going to get a lot of attention right now. So, writers out there looking to make a splash and and get noticed, write very simple stories that don't require a great army of people to make.
0: (laughs) They have like two people in them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's easy. Well, do you have any goals for yourself to accomplish in 2021?
1: I do. I'm a very goal oriented guy. You know, it's always something that I kind of do at the beginning of the year. I'm like, all right, what are we going to get into? Because anybody knows who's worked in movies, it just takes so long. Everything we do takes so friggin' long to do. So like you really do have to map this stuff out. It sounds crazy, but I kind of have my whole 2021 mapped out already in terms of projects and things that I'll be working on. So the rest of 2021 is really the goals are just kind of 2020 was a massive seed planting year. We kind of planted a lot of seeds and developed a lot of projects. 2021 is to pick some of the flowers So, to speak, and we're actually starting to like make some of these things happen. So, the goal is just to finish the projects that we started in 2020. I'd say the biggest goal for me is uh, I kind of hinted at it a little bit, fingers crossed, I want to make Kelly into a feature film. You know, that's my goal. I mean, I love documentaries, and this movie certainly does lend itself to a documentary, but my passion, my love is in telling narrative stories and to have a true story like Kelly's story. It's just so amazing. You couldn't even write a story like this. You you couldn't make it up. It's so uh, compelling. And there's so many layers to it. I feel very fortunate to have that story available to me to write and hopefully make it to a screenplay and get it out there.
0: Yeah, well, you put it out there into the universe. So I can't wait to see what you do with it. That's awesome.
1: Well, thank you.
0: What films and TV shows have you been watching over the past few months? Because you said Mandalorian. Of course, already, which I think is so great. I love that. What else have you been watching? I'm curious. Well,
1: the Mandalorian has been so <laughs> meant so much to me. It's just uh, really been exciting. I'm such a Star Wars geek. This is like the 12 year old me is freaking the f out. Just being able to watch these shows in an episodic format and like can't get enough Star Wars. So that's yeah. exciting. But you know, I'll tell you two shows that I'm into right now. I just started watching Selena, which is a fun show on Netflix about, of course, the uh, recording artist, Selena, Crazy, Tragic Story. If you Mm -hmm. haven't seen that, I'd check it out. I'm a 90s kid. So for me, it's kind of fun to watch a television show that takes place in the early 90s. And I'm getting to see a lot of the fashions and styles and the cars and the clothes that I grew up around. So it's kind of fun. It's a nice throwback. And, you know, I've been watching Pose, too. Pose is a really great show. Again, it's another throwback show. And Pose is going to be coming out with season three. That's also available on Netflix. Pose, Mandalorian selena all that stuff and i just saw a really great documentary series called trial four if you haven't seen trial four that's on netflix that's another good one too so you know we switch it up but ultimately val if you know me and i know you do because you watch my stories (laughs) i've been watching a lot of old school wrestling i love wrestling because it's one of those things that like takes me out of my element when i watch wrestling i can kind of just forget about all the bullshit in my life and i kind of just zone out and i become a 10 year old kid again so a lot of movies, a lot of wrestling, just kind of nice. trying to occupy my time. Pandemic's all about staying busy.
0: Exactly. I remember a few years, there used to be the first reality type TV shows. it was called Tough Enough and it was about
1: oh, yeah. uh, people I that would compete, enough.
0: become the next WWE it was, champion. It was American like Idol.
1: It was American Idol for wrestling.
0: yeah. I was so addicted to that show. My husband thought it was the funniest thing because I was, oh, what is the next episode? He's like, you are crazy. <laughs> like, I couldn't stop watching. It was so good. Yeah, it was funny.
1: You get it. I mean, they're larger than life characters. It's fun to yeah, watch. You know?
0: I love watching stuff like that. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and what would you talk about?
1: Well, that's a good question. And since we've been talking about The Mandalorian, I'd have to have dinner with Jon Favreau. And I would sit down with John Favreau because here's the thing about Jon Favreau. This is a John Favreau appreciation <laughs> statement. When I was a kid, I looked up to John Favreau. The movie Swingers was one of my favorite movies of all time to the point where my friends and I used to go around being like, you're so money and you don't even know it, baby. You are so money, <laughs> Mikey. Like we would just quote that movie left and right. So when Jon Favreau came up, he was this terrific actor, writer, director guy. Yeah, he was everything that I wanted to be, basically. Like, you know, I watched Swingers, I was probably about 15 years old. It blew me away, and he was one of the first guys that I was like, he's an actor, he's a writer, he's a director. This guy just does what he wants to do. He's passionate about every move he makes, and he's made a lot of interesting choices too, you know? I mean, he... I don't know him personally, but he probably could have been a movie star and he chose to write and direct instead and go in that direction. And I'd love to pick his brain and just talk to him about his process and how he navigated through the world of Hollywood to get to where he is today. And and look at him now, he's on top of the world. He's directed and and written massive Marvel franchises. And now they've given him a Star Wars franchise to kind of take off with and run with. and, And look what he's done with it, man. I mean, You know, not to get too into the geek weeds, but people have been given Star Wars properties before and they've messed it up. I'm not going to knock anyone. I'm not going to name names here. It's not my job to do that. (laughs) But they gave it to Jon Favreau and he's serviced the fans, meaning like he's given us kids that grew up watching these the first time. He's given us our due, but he's also made it exciting for new fans. The five-year-old kid who's never seen this stuff before. So I I think he's just an amazing guy that I want to be just like you, Jon Favreau. it'd be fun if you're watching if you're watching this you're gonna have dinner sometime and it's on me i promise
0: (laughs) Nice. that's perfect if you could have a superpower what would it be and why
1: hands down mind control are you kidding me is that even a question (laughs) we hear the superpower conversation all the time and i don't know why you'd want anything but mind control because really like if you think about it Mind control can kind of get you out of any situation. The runners up are I guess invisibility, maybe. Right. For me, it's just, if I could do Jedi Mind Tricks, if I could just be like, You will write me a check for a million dollars or whatever, you know. <laughs> it'd be pretty valuable.
0: Yeah, that would be a great one. I would choose flying, I think, just because it's very basic, but like I really hate traffic. So that would be why I would just choose to fly, just poof, or See, just transport myself somewhere instantly. That would be
1: Like teleportation ability? Yeah,
0: teleporting. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word, yeah. Yeah, no, that would
1: be nice. And I feel like yours is a little bit more like self-care oriented. You know what I mean? Like flight seems like self-care. Like, oh, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to just have a flight. I'm going to go, you know, get my coffee. I got my coffee. I'm going to go fly around and just check the scenes out. Whereas for me, you could tell I'm like, I'm angling. I want mind control so I can utilize it to my advantage. Um, I
0: would do exactly that. I would grab my coffee and I would go for a flight, like just nice sunset flight. I'll be back in like thirty minutes. I'm gonna go fly around.
1: Think of the selfies that you could get, like up (laughs) in the air, like sunset selfie flying.
0: (laughs) Perfect. If someone was going to make your life into a movie, who would play you?
1: Oof, that's a tough one. Ah man, who would play me? I'm gonna say Miles Teller. Just because I, I know the guy and I like him and he's a great guy and uh I'd be honored to have a handsome gent like Miles Teller play me.
0: Have you purchased any new action figures or collectibles lately that you're excited about?
1: <laughs> I have, actually. You know what? Let's make this, let's do this for real. He's right here. I got him right here. I'm gonna just show you. This is uh this is Krang. I just got him for Christmas. And uh I don't know if you oh, remember nice. yeah, from the Ninja Turtles. The cool thing about Krang was Krang is actually a, that's the dude. He's just a brain. This is just a mechanized unit that he moves around in. That's the dude right there. I don't know if you've seen him, Krang.
0: Yeah, So that's you know, super cool.
1: <laughs> this is a very rare toy. This toy came out in 1990 or 91, I believe, part of the Ninja Turtles series. So you can imagine wow. this is one that I couldn't get when I was a kid. I just didn't have this one. So capturing my childhood here with Krang. That's is a nice awesome. <laughs> new profile pic right there.
0: there you go perfect (laughs) yep what would be a good theme song for your life
1: you know uh i've I've actually thought about this in the past and and it's only because as you know i'm a wrestling fan wrestlers have theme songs so it's kind of an obscure song but there's a song called tarzan boy by an obscure band called Baltarama from the 80s so oh, check that song out. You, you might have heard it like on TV. It's probably like a song that you've heard in like a commercial before. But Tarzan Boy by Baltarama would certainly uh, be my theme song. I don't know. Can't explain it. Just about a happy, <laughs> awesome. ha- happy jungle boy. Just kind of enjoying himself in the jungle like Tarzan.
0: Okay. I like this one a lot. If you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl, what would you fill it with?
1: Well, i like to say that it would be something that could help the greater good of mankind, but it would probably just be a promo for whatever upcoming movie that I have coming out.
0: (laughs) I like how you led into it with, it should be this, but actually it would just be me promoting my new film.
1: (laughs) I'm being honest. My goal for 2021 is is blatant honesty. Well,
0: that's a good start. (laughs) All right. Well, we have to wrap up, but it's always so fun talking with you. Can you remind our listeners how to connect with you if they choose?
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's been fun talking with you too. And listeners, if you want to see a little bit more of my content, I'm always posting stuff out on my Instagram, which is at Tom DiNucci. That's D-E-N as in Nancy. U-C-C-I at Tom DeNucci. And you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, and if you're a Facebook person and you don't do that stuff, uh, you're not into the Twitter or the Instagram, you can find me, Tom Danucci, writer, director. So I'm on all the socials except for TikTok. I haven't gotten into Have you done the TikTok yet, Val?
0: No, I mean, like I have an account, but I just, I can't, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like I feel like you have to be like 18 or I don't know. It's just like not my thing. You know, I just, I yeah, can't.
1: it's just a whole new, it's like a whole new language. You got to learn how to speak.
0: Yeah. I don't know, you know? if it's really meant for people my age i feel like i'll leave that to like the younger generations to handle tiktok and i'll just stick to like youtube and twitter and facebook and instagram and (laughs) all the other ones
1: yeah well there's plenty of viewers to go around that's for sure
0: thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me tom i'll put your social media handles and the link to your imdb page in the show notes And I wish you tons of luck and success in 2021. And always, let's stay in touch. And I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Val. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you real soon.
0: Live with Squacky is sponsored in part by Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver LLC and Antland Productions. For more information about the upcoming MAVO 2021 online conference, visit www.midatlanticvo.com. For more information about Val Kelly or to contact her, Visit her website at www.valkellyvoiceover.com or connect with her on Instagram or Twitter at MidAtlanticVO, at Live with Squacky, or at Squacky Voice, or connect with her on Facebook. <whistles>